0: Time is now 6 p.m. I call this meeting to order. This meeting is being held as a connected meeting in accordance with the special procedures during declared disasters, and I'll ask the recording secretary to please take a roll call.
1: Chair Baystainer, Vice Chair Ling, aye. Here, Board Member Evans, Board Member Ashburn. Board Member Gould. Board Member Borgelt. Present. And Board Member Pluchinski.
2: Present. Perfect.
1: Town Council liaison Fleur, Council Member Lafleur. Here. Brad BOLAND? Present. Mike Hyman. Here. Ron Claussen.
2: Present.
0: Okay, from your roll call I see that we have three missing. Correct. Okay. So I've got uh, board member um, John Um Bayash how do you spell his last pronounce his last name? Bysteiner. Bysinger, yeah. I think
1: it's Baystainer. Bay
0: Singer. Baystainer uh, and uh, Diane Evans and Peter Gold are absent. Um, Mr. Boland, has this meeting and agenda been noticed in accordance with the requirements of the open meetings law? That it has. Minutes from the August 2nd, 2023 board meeting have been distributed to the board. If there are no changes, additions, or deletions to the minutes, a motion to accept the minutes as presented will be accepted. Do I have a motion?
3: I move to go accept the uh, minutes as, as read. Okay, and a second. Second, bet.
0: okay. Um, moved my, by Mike Borlet, and second by um, S- Scott Ashburn. Um, Secretary, please take a roll call.
1: Vice Chairling, aye. Board member Ashburn, aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Plutinski?
0: Aye. Motion is approved by a vote of 4 to 0. The board will now hear updates from Town Council liaison, Council Member Desiree LaFleur.
4: Good evening, everyone. I just wanted to give you guys a quick update on uh, the Perry Street Social Club uh, redevelopment project. It's still very much in limbo, but I'm sure you guys have noticed that the house to the north uh, that this board approved the demo of uh, Castle Rock fire went in and used it for some training purposes, but also um, recently the sprung structure has been taken down, which was over the uh, formerly known as the Castle Rock, you know, rink at the rock. Um, The DDA had a lease. On that on that structure on that land and own the structure, but that was all sold when this new development came in, and the lease was not renewed because of their plans for a redevelopment on the site. Um, with the new ownership uh, and their plans, the lease wasn't renewed, so the DDA sold the sprung structure and the ice rink equipment to the new property owners. Uh, their plans have quite a few site challenges. Um, I don't quote me, but I believe that the fire marshal had come in with some of their proposed changes to the site and was the proximity of these new structures with the sprung structure weren't wasn't going to work based on some fire code challenges. So we're still waiting to hear. I know that they have some application submitted to staff is currently being reviewed. So we'll see what their uh, plans are moving forward. I know that there's a lot of concern for the house on the corner. Uh, the Whittier house. It's one of the oldest structures in town um, we're, we're trying very hard at least I am with staff to uh, Get them to figure out a different solution other than a demo for that parcel there But we're still just kind of in limbo waiting to hear on the project, but that's an update on uh, What's going on there at Perry Street okay. social?
0: Okay, Okay. thank, thank you, you Desiree any questions from De- for Desiree on that nope. Okay public hearing items HPB 2023-016 McMurdo Gulch Civilian Conservation Corps drop structures site local landmark designation. The board must evaluate this proposal under criteria established under the municipal code as summarized in the staff report. The board will hear from the staff applicant and the public. Does any board member have any conflict of interest or any other matter he or she would like to disclose Prior to the proceedings of this item, okay. Um, Recorder, I heard no's from everybody. Um, <laughs> Public comments will be taken on all items and speakers will be limited to four minutes per speaker. In lieu of pre- appearing in person, the board has accepted sign up requests to speak to an item received by one o'clock today via email or phone. Following the presentation, each speaker will be invited to speak. Please wait for your name to be called and unmute your microphone at this time. Um, We don't have any sign-up speakers, correct, Brad?
5: Correct. We had nobody sign up.
0: Okay, then I can just kind of skip that part. We do have, from my understanding, though, someone who emailed in
5: correct um i would like to add on to the record a email that we i received today um and it is at your dais it is actually from um one of the property owners so actually one of the applicants okay um and um you can take a look at that email
0: so we can take a look at that yep. after yep. after we hear oh, yep.
5: okay feel free to read it
0: <clears throat> all right okay. all right so um um, Brad, uh, I guess it's over to you.
5: Thank you, I just wanna take, take a minute as I believe we have uh, Chairman Beinsteiner on, um online? Yeah. Okay, great.
2: I, I got stuck in the meeting waiting room so I had to call in, sorry.
0: Okay.
5: Okay. Um, hmm. Well, thank you for calling in and we'll record that you are here. Um, So I I would like to enter my uh, presentation onto the record. And again, I'll just reiterate that I'd like to add that email um, to the official record. Um, This evening, we are here for the McMurdo Gulch CCC Drop Structures Local Landmark Designation. Next slide, please. So the location of the site is from uh, Autumn Sage. Um, it's just about kind of northeast of Autumn Sage, I believe about 1,200 feet. Um, the interesting thing about this application is that this site actually um, is, covers four properties, uh, portions of four properties. Um, the first property, par- uh, Parcel A, which is kind of your upper, uh, upper right property, is owned by um, a developer, SLV Castle Oaks. Um, And it's actually an open space tract as part of their their development. Um, Parcel B, if you move down is in the yellow in this um, image, that is owned by the Castle Oaks Estates Masters Association. The small purple property is actually owned by the town of Castle Rock. And then the um, northwestern property in in the kind of lighter pink purple. Is owned by uh, Nathan and Joan Carlson um, what's also interesting about this is that property is actually located within an unincorporated um, Douglas County and two of the actual physical structures straddle the property line between their property and the uh, property owned by SLV Castle Oaks which is in the town and so what we are doing is that we have proposed a IGA to the county Um, to give the town sole jurisdiction over um, this defined site, which we are defining uh, through an ordinance as uh, basically the boundary described in the uh, Colorado Cultural Survey. And so they would give us the sole right to act on as far as historic preservation and any related permitting for restoration work. Um, that has been presented to county staff, and they, my understanding is that they are presenting that to the uh, county commissioners at a work session. Um, additionally, we, uh, staff, is going to be taking the IGA to the next town council meeting on September 9th for their action on that item to, uh, to allow staff to enter into that IGA. Um, and so, um, this is kind of an unusual property and in site in, in that regard
0: so brad just so i understand when i'm looking at this map yep you're saying that site f1 and f2 actually straddle property lines it's down in the gulch Mm -hmm. and the property lines run right through those
5: sites correct okay and the site uh, that's shown in the cultural uh resource survey it's a site that surrounds these structures and on this map f1 f2 f3 are the specific uh drop structures so what we're doing is we're actually landmarking a site that that encompasses these three I
0: see okay I'll have more questions on this later after you get done
5: sure thing and I'm just going to really kind of touch briefly on um, the history and kind of these job structures because we have um, a consultant uh, here with us Leslie Moore who has a presentation and is going to cover this in really good detail for you um so i uh, wanted to kind of just touch uh on the history that these drop structures uh come from a period of time in the great depression and are part of the new deal legislation the new deal as a legislation created the civilian conservation corp um it was the idea of that was to get people to work and work on public um projects throughout the county um company 2116 and company 1845 um were resided at, at this camp, and um, it's about a, the camp itself was about one point two miles north of these drops, drop structures. The camp operated from nineteen thirty four to nineteen forty one, and it, it's estimated that the the drop structures were built between nineteen thirty six and nineteen thirty eight. So here we have a. a Image of the northern drop structure. These drop structures uh, consist of rhyolite stone. That, you know, as you know, rhyolite holds a special place to the, the history of Castle Rock, um, and it's a very important material that was quarried here and used in a lot of our historic buildings. The walls have spans ranging from approximately 40 to 55 feet and are about seven and a half feet to 15 feet in height um, between the, all, all the three structures. When we look for a local landmark, we're looking at really two items, that they need to show historical significance to the town and that they still have historical integrity. More specifically, in order to meet the criteria to be a locally landmark, a property, or in this case a site, must meet two criteria for significance and convey one or more aspects of historic integrity. Um, For significance, we're looking at what, what people were associated, what events were associated with the site, You know, what kind of architecture is it, you know, um, heritage, archeology span and age, Um, age being uh, more than 50 years. In this case, we found that um, these drop structures met the criteria of events because this was, you know, uh, Great Depression, New Deal. It played a huge role in local, state and national history. The architecture, the use of rhyolite stones is very important to the town. And um, it meets that age requirement of, of being uh, more than 50 years old. As far as historic integrity, um, we're looking at location, design, setting, materials, workmanship, feeling, and association. And this is more in detail in the staff report. But we found that A, they're still in the same location. The design and the materials, are the, it's the same design and material as when it was built. Uh, the workmanship is still conveyed by by their condition and then um g association there are actually other um civilian conservation corp um structures in the surrounding area there's like a fireplace there, there's other things out there so there's a tie to that association in the in the area so i'm open to uh answer any questions and in any discussion we do have leslie moore with the uh, um Castle Rock Water for their presentation. their presentation. Okay. And we have that viewed up for you.
2: I have a few questions. Sure thing. So you mentioned that there's other structures out there, like the fireplace and other CCC uh, items out there. Why are we not discussing landmarking those as well?
5: so when we landmark properties the requirement is the property owners are are the ones that must submit an application and we have not received application for those for those sites
2: okay so they're not on the the this exact same property and parcel where these drop structures are they're they're a little ways away
5: is what yeah it's, they're kind of dispersed throughout the area okay sorry
2: I, no, that's a good question. That. I thought they were kind of like right next to it, so.
6: Thank you.
7: Hello. Hi. I'm Leslie Moore. Um, thanks for listening to me talk today. Um, I'm a senior historian with a consulting company called ERO Resources. And um, I've been helping Castle Rock uh, try to get this site uh, landmarked. And I'll go into a little bit more details about some bigger long-term plans. But um, I'll kind of add on a little bit to what Brad said. Um, Our presentations are organized very similarly. So uh, this number, can I control? Uh, This number, 5DA3750, that's just the state's number for for the site. Um, And a little background on the CCC, like Brad said, during um, the Great Depression, Congress passed some New Deal legislation to try to create jobs, because so many people were unemployed. Um, In fact, about 25% of young men were unemployed, and 30% or so were only able to get part-time work. And so, the Civilian Conservation Corps, the CCC, was organized specifically to provide work for young men so they could bring money into their families. Um, And a lot of the work that the CCC enrollees were were set up to do were various public works projects. Uh, Another New Deal program uh, was the Soil Conservation Services was established. Uh, to help deal with erosion problems uh, throughout the country, but particularly in areas impacted by the Dust Bowl. Now, The worst of the Dust Bowl in Colorado was f- further east, but there still were major erosion problems here along the Front Range. And so uh, CCC uh, groups were set to work on erosion issues along the Front Range, including right here around uh, Castle Rock. So, in 1934, uh, the first company set up a camp, like Brad said, about a mile uh, north of the 5DA 3750 site. They built the camp themselves and then they started doing all sorts of conservation work around the area. Uh, some of the, this conservation work included building drop structures like what we're talking about today. Um, they also built dams. They built little gully plugs, um, all sorts of things to to try to just keep erosion at bay. So the way drop structures work is that you build these stone or these days cement structures that that help water fall in very particular ways as they pass through a gulch or a stream, so that they don't. A big storm doesn't just like slough away all the soil, it kind of controls where the water is falling where. Uh, We know that the structures were built between 1936 and 1938 because one of the enrollees I suspect was a little naughty and he carved his name, his initials, into the structures and we can see that he was at the camp listed as an enrollee and then a foreman between 1936 and 1938. Uh, The camp, various CCC companies were stationed at the camp throughout the rest of the depression. Um, But in 1941, the camp was abandoned after right around when World War II started. Uh, And then uh, the county actually sold off all the buildings in 1943. Here's another map of, of this particular site. And this might explain the labeling of F1, F2, F3. That F just stands for feature. So F1 up here is this feature one, the first drop structure. There's a second one in the center, feature two. Third one down here, feature three. There are also a few piles of rocks, of spare stone that they must not have needed, and they just left in piles next to the drop structure. So that's what these little yellow blobs are. There's also the remnants of an old berm, rock berm here, uh, or rock alignment here and the berm along the west side that might have assisted in getting water cycled down into the gulch and through these drop structures. Um, These features of the site have been impacted by recent construction, a little of it was raised over here, but overall you still get a sense of the design. Here's an overview of McMurdo Gulch and the drop structures. Here's the first one, Feature 1, they're pretty big. Um, from wall to wall, they range from about 40 to 55 feet wide. Feature 2 and Feature 3. Uh, I'll go through this quickly because Brad Brad already covered it, but um, we believe the site is significant for its association with the Civilian Conservation Corps and that the stonework is representative um, of, of architecture here in Castle Rock, as well as the typical construction style of the CCC. They liked big blocky stones. It meets the age criteria, and then integrity. Uh, like Brad said, same location, same design, same materials. Um, you can see the workmanship and the stonework and that Sobeys initials that he carved. Um, though the, um, the setting has been, the sense of setting, integrity of setting has been lost a little bit because the area is not rural anymore, but overall integrity is strong at this site. I personally think there are several benefits to landmarking the site. For one, it recognizes the historical significance of the CCC doing work in Douglas County and, and around Castle Rock, um, which is a history that has um, like, l- literally kind of been forgotten over the years as dirt has piled on top of some of the, their other work. Um, so it's a way to recognize um, all of the changes they made to the surrounding la- landscape. Um, also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I glanced at your guys' website and I believe that all of the local Castle Rock landmarks are buildings. Um, so, this would be a unique opportunity to recognize the historical significance of a site that is not a building. Um, that, you know, it doesn't. Even even something doesn't have to be fancy to be important or flashy to be important. Something like a conservation resource like drop structures can still hold historical importance and tell stories. The town has also done a lot, a lot of work to build relationships with the various owners. Um, those are that's been a year's worth of work to collaborate. Um, and to get everyone on board, and that's a big accomplishment, and it would be great to um, have it all work out. And then the last thing, the sort of big picture that initiated the idea to get this site landmarked is that it's an opportunity, if the site is landmarked, then there's an opportunity to apply for state historical fund grant money to help rehabilitate the drop structures. You can see that over the past eighty years, um, the weather weathering and has you know done some damage. There's a lot of missing mortar. You can also see that as the mortar between the stones has eroded, it's made the stones more uh, vulnerable to the freeze thaw cycle, and so some of the stones have started falling out of the drop structures. Um, They're also currently really overgrown by dense vegetation. And then the nearby developments means that there's more water coming off roads and whatnot and down into the gulch. And so these drop structures are handling a lot more water than they were initially designed to. And so they're getting kind of undercut and more pressure uh, than they were ever intended to hold. So, it's a great opportunity to apply for the town to apply for a state historical fund grant to rehabilitate these structures, um, so that you can, the mortar can be restored. Those spare stones could be used to patch the stones that are already missing, and then the site will be in much better condition, so it can be around for 80 years to come. And also, it can help handle water that's still coming through McMurdo Gulch. It's still a useful site um, that's helping with erosion control. So it's communicating history and it's still playing an active role uh, like it was intended to. And here's just a fun picture. So thank you for listening. And I'm happy to answer questions. I don't know if it's the time for that or not. Yeah,
0: a couple questions. Okay. So um, the deter- most of the deterioration seems to be um, missing mortar, so they need to be tuck pointed, and we've got some stones that are missing. But you've got stones you could re- utilize. Is there any remediation thought about? You mentioned you know additional water coming into the gulch because of pavements, you know, up above. I guess. Is there any way to remediate that, or are we just going to allow additional waters to go into the gulches? Is, is that something that
7: we Laura about? can probably answer that question a little <clears throat> bit better than I can. So I'm a
8: stormwater manager for the town, and um, so I think as part of the rehabilitation, there's a little bit of a design component as well, mostly structural in, in making sure it's secure. But I to your point, think we would definitely make sure they're adequately structurally um, intact to Mm -hmm. handle the flows that are coming through there. Okay,
0: because you're getting more water now, assuming from what you're saying, than what it was originally designed to handle. So that was the
8: question. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you're aware of that and you'll try to take care of that in any future restoration efforts then?
8: Yeah. And so. kind of just to add on to, so the landmarking would be the first step in this process. Once, mm-hmm. you know, if that were to be approved, we would go um, for the state historical fund grant. Once, um, assuming we were approved for that, we would take that money then to to do the design, right. the construction, okay, and then help um, facilitate the grant, like any paperwork we might need to support yeah. support the grant. So that would be part of
0: that Yeah. and then you also mentioned um, vegetation overgrowth and so I mean vegetation that's kind of like a, a reoccurring event where structural repairs will last quite a long time before you need to address them again how are we set to mitigate vegetation overgrowth year after year is that something being considered
8: so then that would be added to, to our, the town maintenance. Okay. Um, so there's a lot more going on with the project outside of the CCC structures, but um, you have to remind me if it's going into a covenant or deed restriction for the CCC structures. A Covenant. Covenant. Um, couple other things are doing de restriction, but so as part of the covenant, we would be the sole maintainers okay. and uh, responsible for the overall maintenance. Okay, of
0: good. That's why I was curious about. And then um, parcel A uh, on page four of um, I think the application here, it doesn't say whether that parcel is private or public. Do you know which if that parcel is private or public
5: it is private open space
0: private open space mm-hmm. so brad does that mean that's it's accessible then by the public if somebody wanted to go out and look at these historic markers or they could do that they can walk out there
5: so my understanding is that there's a trail system that there you is can, yeah um okay. to the east okay and you'd be able to see them is that a, um, a, we don't a, a, want necessarily want people to go walk down and, and walk on them right right but you'd be But able to they'd them.
0: be accessible
5: yeah visually, visually. Yeah. yeah
0: okay all right and that's a that's a public open trail that's maintained
5: by the town uh, you know i honestly do not know the answer okay. to that to be honest with you soft
8: surface trail. Yeah. yeah it is a soft sur- it is a soft surface trail I'm, okay there's no restrictions to it i would have to go look be- okay. as far as public Access so it's public you can get on publicly but I'm I'd have to go look to see who maintains it my guess is probably SLV
0: yeah I mean my point is if we make these historic landmarks yes and they're they're there because uh, educational purposes of what the CCC did we'd still want you know citizens to be able to go see them Mm -hmm. so but so you're saying they're accessible or will be accessible they are
8: and my understanding is actually. there is a sign out there currently, okay. So I think we would want to make sure it's, you know, clear. Like, yeah, we want you to look at them and observe them, right. but we uh, want you to m- maintain safe. a safe distance. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, yeah.
5: Okay. Look, but not touch. <laughs>
0: right. <Yes>. Right.
5: <laughs> and
0: don't fall over the side. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me see where we're at then. Um,
3: I've got, I've got some questions. Yes. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> like we talked about the initials in the stone. Are there several of them or just a few?
7: Two, two of the drop structures, um, the same guy wrote his name on, I think it's F1 and F2, it might be F2 and F3, okay. but same guy, RTS on one of them, and then it's like RT Sobi on the other.
8: And
3: in the, the flow of the gulch, does it go from F1 to F3 or vice versa? Um, it
8: goes
3: F3 to F1. F3 to F1, north. so okay, it goes up north. Okay. Um, during your research, did you find any original documents on these?
7: There um, there are some original documents at the Douglas County Library. There, the CCC put together uh, some, like, books summarizing the year, like yearbooks about the different projects they had accomplished. Um, There are no documents specifically about this site. They're more broadly about the work that the camp did. Um, So nothing, nothing specific about these three drop structures. But there is information about, you know, long, long lists of the 735 gully plugs we built in 1937 and that kind of thing. So any any
3: restoration, we'll just have to. Eyeball it a little bit, I guess, and just kind of figure out what's there and what needs to be replaced.
8: Right. uh, The majority of them are exposed, but yeah, I think that would be part of it: is defining the the true limits of those.
0: That's all I've got. Any other any other questions? You mentioned there was a a sign already out there, or or, or denoting that. Would that sign be updated as part of the grant? to for people to learn more about it if this designation does proceed? I think,
8: I think we can look into that. I'm, I haven't actually seen the sign, but I've been told that um, there is one out there. So I think ideally we have one, you know, at each, each location. And, yeah, a little bit of um, description of what they are and a little bit of the history if, if it doesn't already have them.
0: Okay. Any other questions? Okay, um, so Brad, do you have a, a staff recommendation for us before we make a motion? Does John have any more questions? John, do you have any other questions? I forgot he was online. No, sir. Okay.
5: Let me pull up mine. Yeah. So, yeah, as, um, as i had gone through the um, criteria, as I stated, that they do uh, meet the criteria. Um, also, when we look at any kind of application through the historic uh, preservation process we look at our historic preservation plan and our comprehensive plan and the the idea of uh, landmark in the structures this site uh, do generally meet the, the goals and objectives of those plans so staff's recommendation is that of approval and I do just want to add that um, all four applicant all four property owners signed the application okay and so this was a lot of coordination that castle rock water did uh to bring this forward and uh we'll talk a little the, the next item we'll get into a little bit more about the grant and they can talk a little bit more in detail but um to get four four property owners to right. agree to landmark this is is a big deal
0: yeah agreed okay well with that um i'll make a motion for option one uh, approval um i'm i move to recommend approval of the local landmark designation of the McMurdo Gulch drop Structures site with the following conditions, an IGA be ex- executed between the town of Castle Rock and Douglas County. Um, I'll
6: second.
3: Was that you, John?
6: second?
2: It
3: is. Okay.
0: Okay, um, let's see. So we want to take that for a vote. Yes.
5: Yeah, if you have any discussion before your vote or oh, if you want any to just dis- any other discussion, I thought I asked. <clears throat>
3: I'd, I'd like to make a statement. I mean, when okay. we first got the packet, I, I can say I wasn't overly thrilled of what we were looking at, but then I got into it, and the history of it is just fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And then seeing my email letter, that's uh, even better yet. So,
0: that's a, I just had a comment to make. Okay, I had to find my place in my agenda here. So, <laughs> so do I ha- hear a, a, a motion to uh, approve?
2: Are we are. Yes, a second that.
0: <laughs> if, if the quorum okay. secretary
2: yeah. could take a roll call vote, okay, this <laughs> is what you're looking for. <laughs> take
3: really. a roll call. Thank you, chair. You just can't stop, can he? Uh,
1: chair, I'm sorry, chair Bystrynner. Aye. Vice Chair Ling? Aye. Board Member Ashburn? Aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Pluchinski? Aye.
4: Vice Chair, if I may. I just wanted to add a couple things, if you guys have time, as board members, there is a small exhibit at the Castle Rock Museum on this campsite, and there used to be a golf course there, and there's a wooden club on display, so there's some neat information. digs a little further into the CCC campsite. And also just for new board members, I wanted to connect the dots for you guys that the CCC is responsible for the star on Castle Rock that they built in 1936 as a star of hope for the people in the area. So just a little bit of more history for you guys for new members. Was
8: that having to be a seminar? Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs)
5: Oh, no, oh, we're not there yet. We've got a couple more <laughs> items. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to go back and type our vote. Nope, we did the vote. So we are moving on to the next item on the agenda, which is a um, letter of support for a state historic fund grant.
0: Where is that? Let's
5: see. Ah, here we go. Thanks, Brad a lot of text it's easy to get lost <laughs> yeah.
0: okay um all right so hpb uh 2023-018 letter of support for a state historic fund grant for the mcmurdo gulch ccc drop structure rehabilitation project the board will now hear from from mr from mr Borl- borland
5: Okay, Brad. (laughs) All right, thank you. So this is a discussion action item that we're uh, asking for. Um, Some just quick background: Uh, the state State Historical Fund was created in 1990 through a a state constitution amendment that created legalized gambling in um, uh, Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek. Um, A part of the tax revenue that was generated from this the gambling uh, revenue was to be used for the state historical fund for state preservation efforts throughout the state Um, it's managed by the history Colorado there are competitive and non-competitive grants and so Castle Rock water and looking at ways to fund this restoration work for these uh, drop structures identified a general grant which is a competitive grant um, that can be up to $250,000, so it's a, it's a good chunk of change. Um, so the application deadline is this Octo- uh, October 2nd. There's two funding cycles, one in October and one in April. So what we're asking for from the Historic Preservation Board is your permission to draft a letter of support um, for this grant application. So I would be uh, drafting this letter and then providing it to uh, the chairman for his signature, okay. and review, review and signature. Okay. And if Laura, if you want to jump in on any of the other details
6: of the grant, or
7: Do you, I'll just say it's really these grants are a lot more competitive when when you can demonstrate local interest and support for them. Uh, History Colorado wants wants to see that it's going to be a benefit to the to the community more largely. Um, and hearing that directly from from individuals and groups who are interested in the project makes a big difference.
0: Right. So October's not far away. Have you already scoped um, what you're going to submit? Yeah.
8: Yeah. So we've we've been working in the background. Um, ERO has been leading up the effort, and then our design consultant, Mueller, and then um, some support from me for the town information. So we've been pulling it together. And okay. I think we're on track to to get it in,
0: so. Okay. All right, Uh, let's see. So, any other board members have questions on this proposal? Okay, well, Then I think we're at the point. I move to direct staff to
2: draft a letter of support on behalf of the Town of Castle Rock, Historic Preservation Board for the Application of a State Historic Fund grant for the McMurdo Gulch CCC Drop Structure Rehabilitation Project. And feel free to email me that letter, Brad.
0: I'll second (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, So take a roll call on that proposal.
1: Okay, Chair Bystander.
0: Aye.
1: Vice Chair Lange?
0: Aye.
1: Board Member Ashburn? Aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Pluchinski? Aye.
0: Okay. Um, next item, I've got HPB 2023-017 updates from Lindsay um, Bell, Bell Welling. Okay.
4: Thank you, ladies, for all your hard work on this. It's amazing. Thank Appreciate. you for your support. Yeah, thank you so much. Time. Thank
0: you, Dr. um, History Colorado. The board will now hear updates from Lindsay.
9: Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Lindsay Flewelling, the uh, Certified Local Government Coordinator um, from History Colorado, and I thought I would just do a brief introduction to the Certified Local Government Program. Um, So, it's a local government partnership agreement with the State Historic Preservation Office, which is History Colorado, um, and the National Park Service. So essentially, your government is certified, your your government historic preservation program is certified by the National Park Service and by the state as uh, meeting parameters for um, preservation programs um, in the United States. There's currently 68 certified local governments in Colorado and about 2,100 CLGs nationwide, so we have a pretty robust um, program for a state of our size. For um, benefits for the Certified Local Government Program, um, we have a a Certified Local Government Grant Program, so History Colorado, the State Historic Preservation Office gets um, funding from the federal government uh, through the National Park Service and we're required to spend at least 10% of that funding on um, grants directly to our local governments. So it's money that can't be spent anywhere else. It has to go to certified local governments. These are for things like um, projects that will help your local government program um, administratively, like preservation plans, survey plans, um, actual surveys, um, education and outreach projects, um, design guidelines, things like that, that will help your uh, program Um, move forward into the future. And um, they're worth up to $25,000, and they're no match grants because we actually have a match um, from the State Historical Fund um, so that our CLGs don't have to provide a match um, for those grants. Um, So those are due every January, and the application will open on October 1st if you have any um, project ideas. Um, I'm happy to talk through those or um, read drafts and things like that. Um, another uh, benefit for the CLG program is that you are eligible for National Park Service grants for historic preservation projects. Some of those, again, are um, like surveys and um, like national, state or national Register nominations um, can be funded through those. And some of those are also for physical um, construction work, um, so they have a variety of, um, of grants that are open uh, to CLGs. And then another big benefit of the Certified Local Government Program is your um, locally designated uh, properties. So, local landmarks and local um, contributing properties to historic districts are eligible for the state residential and commercial tax credits. Um, So, those are worth up to, they're currently 25%. um, So, it's a um, great opportunity for your property owners to get about a quarter of the money they're spending on rehabilitation back um, through tax credits. That's one of the only incentives for residential property owners, Um, so it's a a really um, important incentive. Um, And then those can also, uh, for commercial projects, be layered with federal um, preservation tax credits if they are also on the National Register of Historic uh, Places. And then your local uh, landmarks are also eligible for state historical fund grants, as you just heard. Um, You have access to COMPASS, which is our statewide cultural resource database, so essentially, You know, any information that's been collected um, uh, about properties in your local area, um, you'd be able to find out, you know, what what surveys have been done in the past, what information has been collected in the past. And it's not just projects that have been done by, like, the town of Castle Rock. Sometimes it's projects done by CDOT or other um, state agencies where survey was required and you might not even know um, that they did a survey on um, certain properties. So um, that way you can access all the past information and you're not having to, like, duplicate Um, past work. Um, There's also access to training. Um, So I do a um, monthly CLG webinar. Our one in September is actually on the State Historical Fund. And then the one in October will be on the CLG grant program. Um, And I send an email to Brad every month that has all those listed, um, if you're interested. And then we also do scholarships um, through the CLG grant program. Um, Like if you wanted to go to the Saving Places conference, um, every February, um, and then we'll also have scholarships for the um, National Alliance of Preservation Commissions. Um, at, they have a forum every two years um, that's coming up this next summer. Um, there's also technical preservation support, so if you're ever wondering, like, the best treatment for a property or how, um, you know, we would recommend that um, you uh you know, treat a project, you can reach out to me and I can try to find the person in our office who has experience with that area. So, for example, um, I just got an email recently from Westminster asking um, how to remove graffiti from historic masonry and then what products you can use to like protect uh, the historic masonry from uh, graffiti in the future. Um, so, things like that, um, I can help to find uh, You know, the person who's an expert in that. Um, Then you have a formal role in the National Register review process, which you guys just did um, with Castle Rock Elementary. And then a formal role in commenting on federal undertakings. So any projects that are um, either funded by the federal government or licensed by the federal government, they have to ask um, the CLG, you know, if you feel like it's going to negatively impact um, historic resources and um, consult with you um, about those impacts. So then on the flip side, um, responsibilities of the Certified Local Government Program, you're uh, supposed to enforce your own local preservation ordinance. So a part of my job is to make sure everybody's following their own rules that they've set for themselves. Um, so, like, when Brad was going through, you know, your criteria for significance and integrity, if you had just been like, we don't care about <laughs> criteria, we'll do whatever we want, um, that would be bad. Um, so you're following your own <laughs> ordinance there and, and the own procedures that you have. And that way, the public knows what to expect um, when they are dealing with the the town. Establish and maintain a commission. So, CLGs need to have at least uh, five commission members and meet at least four times a year. Um, Send meeting minutes to um, the state Historic preservation office. You guys are particularly good at that, um, I will say. Uh, Provide for adequate public participation. So, you know, you were checking to make sure um, the public had a chance to be heard at this uh, public hearing. Um, So, making sure that your meetings are, um, agendas are posted appropriately following all open meetings laws and following all public hearing procedures. Uh, Maintain a system of survey and inventory. So, you should be conducting um, at least some kind of survey around town. Um, We look for, you know, a project every five to ten years. Those are also funded through CLG grants so that it's not a huge burden on the um, town budget. Um, One person from the Historic Preservation Board. Um, needs to attend a State Historic Preservation uh, Office approved training at least once per year. And then um, you also need to submit an annual report. Um, Those were just released this year and they're due on November 1st. And then every four years there's a CLG evaluation. So that's why I'm here um, tonight. Um, But essentially what that looks like is um, I attend a Historic Preservation Board meeting. Then I'll have a call with staff just to talk about your preservation program. And then I review all of your um, minutes and um, annual reports from the past four years, and um, just make sure you're um, in line with the CLG program and um, see if there's any, like, common issues that have come up or or things that we can help with um, from the state point of view. Um, So that is, uh, you know, the CLG program in a nutshell. And I'm here as a resource for our local governments, so feel free to reach out if you ever have any questions, and I'm happy to help.
0: Lindsay, when when I go to History, Colorado on the web, it takes me to the History Colorado Center and History Colorado museums. is Is that not the right website for to find information like what you're talking about this evening?
9: Yeah, it's the same website. so we work like on the third floor of the museum, okay. um, but it'll be under Preservation and Archaeology. There's a little button at the okay. top, um, and that'll take you to the State Historic Preservation Office. Got
0: it. Okay, good, good to know. Okay. Any questions for Lindsay?
9: Great. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Um, yeah, and then you, you mentioned um, one of our members needs to go on one of your um, training um, ep- offerings at least once a year. Is that what I heard you say?
9: Yeah. Um, so, you know, if one person attends the Saving Places conference or one person attends a webinar, um, yeah.
0: Then that would yeah, I went uh, to Saving Places last year down in Southern Colorado, um, but I don't think anybody on the board has gone. Uh, I'm signed up for the webinar coming
3: up in okay. September.
0: Okay.
5: And, great. and I believe uh, since we had a board change, we did have uh, Mr. Duffin attend uh, Saving okay. Places okay. online. Okay. Now, without Carlos, because Carlos was always a great person to go. Uh, attend meetings and training so we'll have to make well we'll have to really make sure that we right get the sure we follow that yeah
0: yep. okay
9: and we also record the webinars and I'll send out the recordings afterwards so if you're not able to attend um, you know live yep. um, you can always watch them later too
7: okay
5: good and, and yeah I, I did send out actually Lindsay's email um, this afternoon with the trainings so as and as I stated please if you do attend any trainings please let me know because yeah. I need to include that in the annual report okay okay thanks Lindsay no other thanks. questions
9: Yeah, thank Thank you.
0: you. Okay, thank you. All right, let's see where we're at now. Um, Okay, board will now hear updates from the design review. Um, August
3: 9th, August 23rd,
0: canceled. Yeah, so August 23rd, canceled. Thanks, Mike. Um, Castle Rock Historical, uh, Ron.
6: Well, this is going to be an exciting uh, few days. We're going to gather the Highlands Ranch Historical Society, Elbert County, Roxboro, Littleton, and we're all going to get together and have a meeting. So that should be a knock down, drag them out, fight to see what we're doing, what we can do, what how to improve things like that. So that's a kind of an exciting thing that's going to happen here on the 14th. Uh, that's in the morning. On the 14th in the evening, uh, there will be a presentation on the breaking of the Castlewood Dam that flooded Denver under four feet of water. And that'll be exciting because it's a new library a new electronic system, how do we get that to work for us? Mm. And some of that other kind of interesting stuff. Uh, then the uh, on the 23rd of this month is our last walking tour of historic sites downtown. So that's the last one for the year. But then in October, we're going to start the ghost stories and tragic tales walking tour around. Uh, mm. Castle Rock, so there are some things to look forward to here in the the future If I survive the meeting with all these other (laughs) historic societies
5: Okay,
0: thanks Ron Um, Let's see our next meeting would be October 4th
5: Correct and um, at that meeting I expect to be bringing the um, downtown historic preservation grant applications for your review okay so we will be having a meeting
0: all right let's see if we uh expect to have a quorum for that i can make october 4th and i may be uh, by uh phone or remote laptop but i should be able to do that um how about the rest of uh, the board members here mike you're checking everybody's checking their phone schedule no i will not be available the fourth okay, so you town, won't be here no. scott okay all right down here yeah i'm good chris yeah i'll be present and john are you still online
2: yes i'll i'll be in attendance
0: okay all right well that's that's four again at least so yeah Mm -hmm. so i guess october 4th we'll see y'all
2: um i'm available for november 1st as well i think that's the november meeting
0: oh in november I'm, i'm good for november 1st okay and Brad you're good for that so I've been told okay <laughs> all right um, let's see anything else f- from you Brad tonight
5: yeah I got a couple updates okay. um, so I think the last time we met we had taken ownership of the Cantrail building well yes. now Douglas County uh, school district has moved out and so we are um, facilities has moved in and is working on maintenance items on the inside you know trying to address any leaky pipes things like that all interior work but kind of starting maintenance work um, they're, they're refinishing the doors um, we are expecting an application for to locally landmark in the future um, so what we may do is try to schedule something um, maybe a tour after that hearing um, they are um, also I believe the November um, boards and Commission appreciation event is going to be held there. Yeah, I, I think the 14th? We have a Council member who's hosting a um, open house at the Cantrell School many years future. <laughs> yeah.
0: And is are both of those events together? Or is the open house and the board dinner or is that two different things? Two
5: separate things. Separate. Okay. Yeah.
0: So but the dinner is on the fourteenth, I understand.
5: I I to. November fourteenth, yeah. November fourteenth, yep. 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 yeah. 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 Cantrell
2: yep. Also. yep. But
6: yeah, the September twentieth
0: at four o'clock is uh district four open house. September twentieth.
5: So, um, projects that they are going to undertake is um, a new bathroom um, and then also some ADA things in the inside. Um, town uh, Council, in their five year capital improvements uh, program, has earmarked $250,000 for capital improvements for the building for the next five years. So, we do expect to be kind of bringing some projects forward um, for you guys on that project. So, it is exciting now that we've got ownership and Imagine what what the property can be. Yep.
3: Are there any exterior building enclosure work coming up on that? You know? I think
5: what the the first order of work that Matt Gold, the uh, special projects manager, has identified is window restoration. Okay. So that that's most likely going to be more of the maintenance issue, um, but we would most likely at least bring a letter of support for a grant for that at the very least we we got to get into it the school district actually had submitted a grant and and been awarded for that work but then just never they just didn't do the work because i don't think they had the funds and i think it was covid um so we'll probably try to piggyback on that and kind of follow a similar scope of work so we'll have to take a look on exactly what the condition of each window is and whether that would require a, a landmark alteration certificate or not or if it's just strictly maintenance work and it's my
3: understanding anything that happens exterior wise it, it would come to this board for review
5: anything that requires a building permit so if it is like general maintenance yeah. so if they're doing you know if they're repaint you know doing that kind of work but any change to the building you know would come in front of this okay. board yes yeah. Would that
0: would, in, would that include any demolition of things that were not considered historic part of the buildings
5: correct so there is that addition to the building if right. you recall right they're they're trying to figure out in some ways they really want to, the parks department really wants to use it oh. um, i think there's others that are saying you know maybe it's best that it goes away right um i we believe that there's probably asbestos in there so as we kind of do more planning and, and figure out exactly how how the property is going to be used and and really dig into the condition of every aspect of the building that could really dictate right what we do with that portion of the building okay all right thanks Brad um, got a couple more more things okay Um, so the downtown um, development Authority at their last meeting um, voted for a incentive package for the redevelopment and restoration of the city hotel property Ooh, um, nice. so they that is the first step um, we do expect an application in the near future which would be coming in front of both the historic preservation board and the design, and review, the design board. review board yeah. yep so both both of you guys will um, both boards will take a crack at that um, my understanding is that the, the incentive package will then um, we'll go to town council for approval once you've done your review yeah. but they are still moving forward with that yeah. project any
0: idea time frame when it might show up here
5: well I think the incentive package had a deadline for building permit issuance of June 2024 okay so um, I've been talking with the applicant I want to get into the, the building and really document the current condition and, and really understand you know what what we're looking for as far as restoration work because the current condition as you know dictates a lot of the treatments that we would we would go about so we've got that uh, planned um, in the near future so okay.
0: yeah good uh, Glad to see some movement on it.
5: Yeah I, I, you know that, that is an important first step. Um, and then um, I did send you all an email this afternoon for a new quasi-judicial application. So, you know, as we did our legal training at yep. last, I think it was the last meeting, just remember, um, you know, not to really speak to anybody about that. Um, so if anybody approaches you, do know now that that is an active application. Okay. Any questions for me?
0: No, nope. Last rounds for anybody? Okay. Well, according to my place and my agenda, (laughs) time is now, 7.01, and I move to adjourn the meeting. Do I hear a second? I'll second. Okay, Mike second. Um, Recording secretary, would you like to take a roll call?
1: Chair Bystander? Aye. Vice Chair Lang? Aye. Board Member Ashburn? Aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Pluchinski?
0: Aye.